0: This episode of Building Breweries is brought to you by Slot Drain. Meeting requirements for drain systems can be difficult. In older facilities, trench drains and four-slope floors were the standards in drainage. Today, Slot Drain is changing surface drainage by providing the first sloped prefabricated drain system. Slot Drain is designed to handle harsh temperatures and chemicals without corroding and can help manage your humidity levels while still reducing bacteria and saving you both cleaning time and effort. Whether you're installing Slot Drain in your brew house, fermentation room, bottling area, warehouse, or tasting room, you'll find that Slot Drain is sanitary and easy to clean. It's corrosion resistant and controls odor. It handles extreme temperatures and is easy to both install and maintain. If you want to learn more about Slot Drain, visit their website at www.slotdrainsystems.com. Slot Drain also invites you to stop by their booth. Number 4009 at the 2017 Craft Brewers Conference and Expo in Washington, D.C. This April to find out why your brewery may be spilling money down the drain. Hey beer nerds, welcome to the podcast. You know, in this episode of Building Breweries, I had some great conversations with two Kentuckiana establishments, one new and and one a little bit more established. First, you'll hear me visiting the medieval-themed Floyd County Brewing Company, where I speak with Brian Hampton a little bit about his operation and and slight admiration of all things European and and Monty Python related. Uh, You know, he goes in about the, the challenges and you know, the challenges of operating a brew pub and, and having a restaurant to manage in addition to making sure the quality of the beer doesn't suffer. So we talk a little bit about that in New Albany, Indiana. Uh, the, uh, then I go to the historic Falls City Brewing Company across a bridge in Louisville, Kentucky where I meet up with their president Shane Utick. Um, if you're unfamiliar with the brand they say that Falls City was you know originally founded in 1905 thereabout and saw many highs and lows within the next century. So we discuss a little bit about their brand. We discuss their history and the new era that they're currently find themselves in, which which does include bringing back 100% of the brewing operations to Louisville, Kentucky once again. So, you know, as always, thanks for subscribing and sharing. If you haven't done so already, find the podcast on Facebook and Instagram at Building Breweries. I'm at the Floyd County Brewing Company here in New Albany, Indiana, joined by Brian Hampton. He's the, the owner. Brian, thanks for inviting me here today.
1: Ah, thank you. Glad to be here.
0: So you're you're the owner, of Floyd County Brewing Company, and and the thing that comes out immediately is that it's uh, medieval themed.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's definitely medieval themed. Uh, we were going for um, sort of that uh, that spoof on the you know a dark and gloomy period in history, the Dark Ages, and um, and you you will probably uh, it won't take long to realize I'm a Monty Python <laughs> fan and. Um, so we we were kind of going for the holy grail sort of a theme here so
0: what came first the idea to open a medieval brewery or just the brewery itself
1: well um (laughs) that's a tough question because um you know i grew up uh, a fan of british humor and uh, big monty python fan and in my career uh Uh, my my other job that I used to have. uh, I spent a lot of time traveling the world and and got uh, very familiar with European culture and uh, became fascinated with sort of the the evolution of uh, brewing and, and, you know, just the, the, I fell in love with the English brew pubs and, you know, just the medieval background to that. And um, so this was sort of the culmination of all that, really
0: and the theme even extends to the beer names itself um can you just name off a couple of those and what exactly you're you're serving up here
1: uh well we've got a few staple beers that we always uh now most of the time have on that's uh leprechaun's gold is our blonde ale which uh we sell tons of um one of our most popular beers is arthur of the Britons. um that is our amber ale it's uh it's um You know, it's kind of like an Oktoberfest, a lot of people have said. So, you know, um, it's extremely popular. It's brewed with um, some orange peel and coriander seed and, you know, has a little, you know, hint of fat tire or, Mm. um, you know, a little bit of a Belgian wit. It's sort of, it's an interesting beer. And then... um, you know, uh, Sir Robin is, uh, one of our barrel aged right now. We, we, we always try to have, uh, a barrel aged on tap. Hmm. Uh, Sir Robin is actually a barrel aged, uh, Saison and, uh, that has a very, very unique, uh, flavor. That's been very popular. And, um, you know, we've got, uh, a wheat beer that's kill a wabbit, um, <laughs> sort of a Bugs Bunny and, uh, you know, also Monty Python, Holy Grail, and
0: and how involved are you with the uh, with the recipes?
1: Well, early on, I, I had um, a decent amount of involvement, but uh, I've I've handed that over. Um, it, this, you know, we are a full service uh, restaurant as well as a, a brewery. I've so seen I've
0: seen the giant turkey leg that kind <laughs> of uh, parodies the medieval theme yeah. too. So that's, that makes yeah. sense.
1: Every day is a food pairing here, um, so. Um, but, you know, my time is is really split across a lot of things right now. And uh, so I, I rely on our uh, experienced head brewer, Jeff Coe, and he's doing a fantastic job.
0: All right. And, and what exactly were you doing before this?
1: I was in, uh, <laughs> I like to call it the, the, the mass production business, but it, it <laughs> was the corporate world. I worked for a, a company called Emerson and um, they're a global company my job was essentially to manage global production uh, in asia europe south africa u.s all simultaneously making you know mass production volume so you know this (laughs) getting into the craft beer business was was my way to escape from the madness of Hmm. mass production
0: (laughs) and so you were you homebrewing already before then?
1: I was, yeah. That that was sort of uh, an escape for me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it. I enjoyed you know working with my hands, uh, using my creativity. Uh, you know, I have a master of uh, engineering, so uh, I enjoyed the science behind mm-hmm. it. And um, I think you know ha- having um, having the engineering background, uh, enjoying the crafty side of things, and you know being a ho- home brewer as well. I mean, all all of that just really each played a piece and. My confidence to basically just go out and just start a brewery. Um, it's <laughs> yeah. quite an um, investment. Yeah, <laughs> might as
0: well just start one. And, and mm. we're in a pretty uh, it's a pretty good space area that we're in right now. The the, the entire building um, located in New Albany here. How'd you how'd you choose
1: this place? Good question. Good question. Um, well, first of all, I I, uh, I was. I, was, um, I grew up in, in Louisville, mm-hmm. Kentucky, and I married someone in Southern Indiana, so we eventually moved to Southern Indiana. Well, Floyd County is really taking off uh, New Albany, so you know, we, we knew that um, to do this kind of venture, we, we wanted to do something in Floyd County because we thought that that would be um, a way for us to give back to the community, be a part of it, and um, quite honestly, I started looking around New Albany, and um, I decided we wanted to be on Main Street. Mm-hmm. And um, so I literally staked out this little old house. It's a, it was made in 1900. It was pretty dilapidated, around right the corner of First and Main. And uh, literally, I I, I
0: remember it. (laughs) I remember when I was when I was working next door at the YMCA. It was a little shotgun house. I feel like right,
1: exactly. I staked it out and literally uh, left a note uh, and and met the uh, the guy cutting the grass who happened to know the uh, one of the family members. It was two brothers, and they lived forty five minutes from each other. And so I had to literally pull a negotiation together to uh, to buy the the house, and uh, and it was dilapidated. Mm -hmm yeah you,
0: you did quite a bit of work um is it did i see a patio as well on the uh, back
1: there is yeah um you know people thought we were crazy because uh, i started getting uh contractors to give me pricing on uh, essentially building what would be a brewery and the mm-hmm. house was not big enough it was not ada compliant anything and so everybody basically said oh uh, first thing after we tear this house down this is what we'll do and i said oh time out time out you know I kind of am fond of this old house, and, and, and I tried to explain to them this this English uh, pub, uh, country house idea, you know, and uh, I said, no, we're going to add on to it, and then we're going to gut the house, and we're going to restore it, and, and they thought I was just absolutely nuts. So
0: uh, This won't make for a very good, just audio only, but where exactly does the house start and end
1: yeah basically um, you'll notice because when you walk in the door on the left hand side uh, you'll see wood flooring and what looks to be uh, like an old country house essentially Mm -hmm. and then on the right hand side it's a little bit more modern uh, but basically it's a much more open space so on the right hand when you walk in the door on the right hand side it's a big tap room and you'll see you know in the back you'll see the commercial brewery and uh, commercial kitchen so we try to have a there's literally a space in, in, in our property here of every type, you know, whether you want to be wide out and open <laughs> or whether you want to be in a nook and cranny in the corner and, you know, so it, we try to keep it pretty interesting.
0: All right. Now go, going back to the beers, um, what kind of system are you working with back there?
1: We have a seven barrel system. I spent a lot of time researching what, what would be the optimal um, size for us. Um, as I mentioned you know I, I spent a lifetime in, in mass production. I'm running from that. I, w- I want to get into the craft side, stay in the craft side. So this was an optimal size for us to um, you know take chances and experiment and have some some unique and, and, and really great beers uh, but not so big that we had to go down the mass production route. Um, you know w- we have no interest in distributing our beers. Uh, our, our goal is to make this place a destination and escape. So, um, you know, we want so to So you only here. want to be in-house? Yeah, that, that's our goal. Um, we want people to come here and have a great experience, mm-hmm. uh, not to, uh, to come here and eat out of food trucks or, you know, walk away with cans and right. stuff like that.
0: Okay. Yeah, that, that's fair. I was wondering about the distribution model and, and why some people gravitate towards that and why some people don't. Um, I think they are good arguments either way.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> it's, uh, it's a scary process to, uh, to offer full-service food restaurant. And most uh, brewers uh, are scared to death of that idea, mm-hmm. and uh, so that's why you see a, a lot of a lot of breweries seem like uh, until they're just really mammoth sized then do they start opening up the tap rooms? And even then, sometimes it doesn't work out. Uh, I think I saw Tin Man yesterday. So an announcement. yeah, yeah,
0: so. yeah, I did. I saw that. Um, as far as you know, identity is such an important part of any organization. Do you consider yourself a brewery with a restaurant or a restaurant with a brewery?
1: We are a brewery with a restaurant. Okay. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the beer is why we're here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and um, now, you know, that said, um, I'm a statistics guy. I know that when a 10 person party walks in, uh, there's going to be one or two out of that 10 that really isn't into craft beer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for that reason, you know, we, we do have uh, liquor and cocktails and a great wine selection and all that. But, uh, but the beer is why we're here. And that's, that's why I'm here. I had no interest in opening up a restaurant, but, uh, but on the same token, you know, I, I want to recreate the full experience of what, what I've experienced traveling around Europe and, and that, that medieval country house, you know, the pub house, mm-hmm. the original pub house, public house. Uh, we wanted to recreate that experience here for people. And uh, you can't do that by just offering good beer.
0: I'm, I'm thinking about new Albany in general. Is it, we have three breweries here in new albany Um, yes yeah
1: yes uh there's uh there's technically three breweries yeah okay
0: so do you find yourself having to educate the consumer
1: absolutely uh and that's that's one of the most exciting parts um you know what it means is is that you have to have a couple beers that are you know on the lighter color side Mm -hmm. and uh, not quite as hoppy um but that that's that's the entry point if you will mm-hmm. and uh what's exciting after we've been here a year and a half is uh a lot of our regulars that have come in <laughs> that uh you know we once had to tell them about you know our blonde ale and, and, and <laughs> trying to get them on board with that or a wheat beer now they're asking for the hoppy stuff yeah
0: exactly now they're going for the braves or robin <laughs> yep um so right up right outside the first thing i noticed here was that you had this giant yellow volkswagen out there uh, who, <laughs> whose, whose idea was that
1: well, um, you know, we wanted a vehicle that we could take to festivals. And, uh, when I grew up, I was pretty poor and, uh, but I had several friends that had Volkswagen buses and <laughs> I've always been crazy in love with those things, but never, never could get one of my own. So, uh, we decided, well, we're going to look for one. And lo and behold, my brother f- found one and sent me a picture said, I found one, but I don't know if you're going to want it. <laughs> and I said, why is that? He said, well, take a look at it. It's, well, it's a it's, hybrid. It's, yeah, it's a hybrid. It's, <laughs> It's actually a Volkswagen. Uh, it's a '73 uh, Beetle on top of a '73 bus, yeah. and uh, they've been joined together. So <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's funny some of the things people says. Uh, I think your bus, I think your bus is pregnant, and you know, it's a, it looks like a London double decker bus. And all kinds
0: so when of you when you go to the beer festivals, since you only serve the beer in house, and you go out to these festivals, and you mm-hmm. you may be um, pulling in people that maybe you've never visited or maybe even heard of you before. Yeah. How how are those experiences?
1: That's great. I mean we we love that and um it's amazing. Um you know, of course we've only been here for just over a year and a half, but um so we haven't had too many opportunities mm-hmm. yet. And I think um, you were
0: you were at um the one just right on the, on the river here, Yeah, uh, festivals, festivals. Yeah. yeah there's been that. a
1: few of them. Uh, yeah. One, one of the, uh, the things that's, that's unique about Indiana is they allow you to self-distribute and they also allow us to essentially go set up at any public gathering on the Indiana side and, um, set up a booth and, and offer our beer. Um, Kentucky, on the other hand, uh, they stick to the three tier system. Um, I mean, we can't even go across the river and, mm-hmm. and participate in a festival, um,
0: because you, because you don't have a distributor over there right
1: yeah you have to literally sign on with the distributor which then means signing on to mass producing your beer which then means selling it for pennies on the dollar which mean, you know, it's just it gets you into a whole nother game and you know I, it's, it's not really who we want to be as a mass producer so
0: okay what a uh, you, you've been open for about a year and a half now I guess it was fall 2015
1: uh yeah september of 2015 is when we opened uh it was the week of harvest <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I mean, we we uh exciting week yeah that was absolutely our harvest awesome. homecoming
0: is this giant uh festival here in, in downtown new albany and uh yeah it's you're gonna be bringing in a lot of people just right down
1: there <laughs> about a block away we were absolutely terrified we were gonna run out of beer the first week open and i've heard some horror stories about a few breweries that that's happened to. <laughs> and thank god we didn't run out of beer but um you know, it's uh, it's worked out great, and uh, we, we've we've come a long way in the last um, year and a half. And yeah. So, so in that
0: year and a half, what what problems have you overcome? Like, what what was something that you just definitely struggled with that you had to get over?
1: Well. Um I think the biggest thing um, really wasn't on the, the beer side. It, I mean, um, it's really been on, on the food side. It's mm-hmm. just been getting people acclimated to, uh, you know, that they're coming to a place, a brewery. And, um, you know, we, we want people to think beer first. And um, so, you know, just trying to, to get people acclimated to to coming here for the beer and then, Hey, have, have food while you're here. You know, I make it a f- complete experience, but you know, I, I would say uh, refrigeration, um, refrigeration and plumbing, you know, mm-hmm. in general, there's, there's always, <laughs> there's always a need for a refrigeration expert or a plumbing expert, uh, in this business <laughs> I've learned. And, um, uh, <laughs> So that that's probably the biggest things that we've had, you know, constant maintenance issues and just having to tweak and refine things to to get things dialed in. And um, I think we're there. I mean, uh, you know, things have really uh, settled down and we're really humming now, and we're putting out great beers. And um, so it's yeah, it's going good for us.
0: What's what's? Do you remember a specific compliment that you've received that you really appreciated?
1: Well. I mean, we, we get compliments yeah. every day. I mean, at the Cloud That's 10, <laughs> I've had people tell me it's the greatest beer they've had. Right? I, I'm <laughs> drinking the Cloud
0: 10 right now on on a suggestion from a friend, and, uh, yeah, it's it's absolutely tasty.
1: Yeah. So, it, you know, the, the other thing is that um, beer is such an experience. Uh, I mean, you can have a great beer in a bad setting, and, and somebody will say, you know, wow you know that, that, that was what i thought or you can have a bad beer in a great experience uh, setting and people go wow it's the best i ever had <laughs> and you know and people are very influential on their friends so yeah. you know i just tell people just you know enjoy enjoy the whole experience you know i mean enjoy the environment the the, the beer the food mm-hmm. the surroundings the you know just just enjoy the experience you know don't don't focus so much on uh, whether you're 10 people said it was great on some <laughs> online app, or, you know.
0: Right, right. So, you know, we're, we're pretty much right next to Louisville, Kentucky. So um, for anybody, anywhere that wants to visit, how can they? What, what, what days are you up in your hours?
1: Well, the only day we're not open is Monday, and uh, that's the day we're today. So we're basically <laughs> sitting here in an empty uh, building, but uh, every day we're, we're open. And, um, you know, we, uh, the, the weekends, uh, I will tell you, Friday and Saturday, uh, if you come at peak times, you might be you might be sitting in a wait. I mm-hmm. mean, we have a 45-minute to an hour wait a lot of times on Friday and Saturday nights. Um, but, you know, every evening is, is good. Throughout the week, we're open until 10, and, and then on the weekend, we're open until midnight. And, um, but it's, it's literally, uh, you know, if you're coming from Louisville, it's, it's, it's the first exit across the Sherman Minton bridge and it's the bridge without the toll. So that's a good thing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Capitalize on that. Um, and any, any future events or anything coming up that you'd like people to know about?
1: Well, we do have uh, a real popular event of ours is called Monty Thon, and um, you know we we had that last year it was a smashing success in fact, we had people that didn't make reservations and and we were having to turn away but essentially it's uh, you know we have a ten foot projector screen we show the movie the Holy Grail inside and uh, you know, of course, we'll have our beers on tap, and we'll have different specials, and uh, it's, it's a trivia event as well. So, uh, you know, we get, we we have uh, questions throughout, and, and we give out prizes. It's like a normal trivia night, um, but you know, people come in costume, and uh, so it's pretty 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 cool. All
0: right, excellent. Well, hey, I'll tell you what. I think I was here on on opening day a year and a half ago, and uh, I'm I'm glad to be back.
1: Uh, thank you, Michael. All
0: right, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it.
1: Yes, have a great one.
0: I'm here in Louisville, Kentucky speaking with Shane Udick of Fall City Brewing Company. Shane, what's going on? How are we doing? Doing well. You are the, the president of Fall City Brewing Company, but uh, you, you've you been with the company a little bit before then, correct? Correct. Yeah, I've been with the company
2: almost three years now. Uh, recently took on the role as president in October of 2016.
0: And how did you get into Fall City to begin with?
2: So our family is the owner of Fall City, mm-hmm. and um, I, I was in a completely separate industry and took an opportunity once we had um, uh, first we got into a 50% stake of the business and I'd always had this odd affiliation to the brand and uh, liking to the beverage industry similar to yourself and um, once we had an opportunity for me to kind of shift career paths Mm -hmm. I said well what better opportunity than to learn a business just from the ground up so I went into sales and did that um, in Indiana I did that in Kentucky and then I moved my wife and kiddos down to Tennessee and we lived down in Tennessee for about two and a half years getting distribution spread across the Tennessee market Mm -hmm. so it was a really unique opportunity for me to learn the relationship between a supplier us and a distributor and how important that is to the business's success and the communication that needs to happen on that front And then with our, um, with our ownership, uh, I was able to, you know, poke my nose in enough of the behind the scenes, you know, business meetings and whatnot to get to learn it from the market perspective and from the behind the scenes, the business side of it as well. So through that time period, we ended up, um, our other partner uh, sold the other 50% of the business to us. And so we became a hundred percent owners. And after that happened it was like Oh, this is an incredible opportunity I kind of focused my sights on hey do I want to you know potentially run this one day Uh, never really telling the the family that was my goal (laughs) but uh, they eventually offered me the position as they saw my my desires and my my work ethic continue to rise through through this business and and uh, they offered and, and we took it and my wife and I moved back to Kentucky here, uh, January first. So. All right.
0: So Fall City itself it has a pretty long storied history. It, it opened up originally in nineteen oh five or thereabout. Yeah. It's been it's gone through a lot of changes, but let's just try to try to break it down as easily as we can, at least I guess start with the 1905 pre-prohibition era and and what the what the brewery looked like then
2: sure and that was an incredible time frame in in the era of breweries in the United States and Falls City was founded by a group of local grocery store owners who really banded together and broke up a monopoly here in town of of brewery you know brewers Um, that era of Falls City is who kind of we liken ourselves to today they were making great beer. They were making what we would all refer to as craft beer today in mm-hmm. 2017. Um, in fact, their our English Pale Ale, what we widely distribute today, was the first beer Falls City ever came out with in 1905. Um, so we took kind of the soul of the Pre-Prohibition Falls City. And when it was rebooted in 2010 and we have grown it and grown our portfolio since then, we look at ourselves like the old soul of Falls City, you know, the, the pay homage, homage to that era. Mm-hmm. Um, then prohibition happened, and it just cut the cable, right, uh, right, for every, for all breweries across America, and um, everybody did the whole near beer thing and became a soda, soda or an company. ice company, and that's what Falls City
0: did too. So yeah, yeah you all became the Falls City Ice and Beverage Company, I exactly.
2: Guess, yeah. yeah, so a really gritty way to continue the revenue flows but um, heck that's, what's, that's what plenty of breweries did so it was not like we were these big pioneers <laughs> uh, but uh, so post prohibition Falls City that was kind of the second era the second life of Falls City and, and, and they grew to be a light lager um, as what we would all refer to as just kind of like a watered down but light today I guess <laughs> you would say and um, for 50 years or whatever it was it was known as Falls City you know, light, light beer right and near the end of its lifespan is when quality was lacking. They were trying to keep up with the big dogs of the world, the Coors and, the you know, the big players and sacrifice quality along the way. So Fall City has gotten some negative nicknames yeah. uh, throughout its throughout its span. So when we talk to folks that are 45, 55 and up, they remember the old. You're, that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a blessing and a curse in the fact that we have this iconic logo and iconic name um, in that we've had to re-educate the market to the folks that are 50 years old and up. Mm-hmm. But once they've had our new products, they're hooked. And this is great beer. Uh, the younger folks like yourself and myself, they only know Fall City as craft beer. Mm-hmm. They don't remember what it was back in the 70s. And so... It's nice in that the the younger demographic, who's eighteen, nineteen now, is going to become twenty one, twenty two, and start drinking, you know, craft beer, good beer. They only know Fall City is what it is today.
0: Yeah, that's that's right. And and, and going back to the you know early on in the post prohibition era, I mean, you know, you had some fame and history there as well. I mean, you were once the official beer of the Indy five hundred, and and uh, in the seventies, you know, the, you were involved with Billy beer as well with. Um, Jimmy Carter, Jimmy Carter's brother, brother Billy, yeah. yeah, yeah. Do you know anything about that? He was a character. Supposedly, he was just kind of a re-
2: rebellious brother of the president, right? And and so I, I don't remember the intricacies sure. of the story, but we ended up brewing a beer for him and. Uh, from what I know about that it was a giant flop <laughs> uh, it was a really famous beer that people tried once and absolutely hated so I, I don't think it went over too too well which was kind of the sign of the times for fall city in that era you know they were trying all this giant stuff and it was never it was never amounting to much
0: now from my understanding in 1978 fall city as we as we knew it back then at least uh, it did close uh, what what happened after then? So the brand was sold off,
2: calling it a completely shut down operations right then, you know, yes and no, and that the brand was sold off to other breweries, I think the Pittsburgh brand. Pittsburgh, Evansville. Yeah. Yeah. So it jumped around here, jumped around there. Um, People tried to just pump life into the brand. Um, here and there over the course of the next five or 10 years. And I think maybe as recently as the early to mid eighties, you could still find fall city out and about uh, maybe a little bit after that even. But eventually it was so, you know, it had dwindled down that the the brand just went defunct Mm -hmm. and it sat defunct for however many years, 30, some odd years. And, um, a software entrepreneur, Named David Easterling brought the uh, got the rights to the trademark and started um, started the brand back up.
0: And he just had an interest and he uh, just decided to get the trademark.
2: He was uh, it was a brilliant move, and um, you know it's just such an iconic name around here that they started brewing beer again and the community took it you know with with open arms. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was our pale ale, our English pale ale, and. Um, that's when uh we got involved you know a couple years later as a family and and um we started to pursue other ambitions with this company and david said hey guys you know fall city is uh, i'm having so much fun with it but this is my second (laughs) business he was a software guy and that was where a lot of his dollars were coming from right so it was his secondary focus Mm -hmm. as it should have been and um, so he said, you know, if you guys want to purchase the other half of the company, you can because you guys have greater ambitions. So as you've seen Falls City evolve in the last year or year and a half, is kind of the next level of what we're trying to go to with our brand.
0: Right. Yeah. But back in 2010, I guess would, would you would consider the new era. Yeah, um, definitely. You know, and then you start releasing products within the next following years, like, you know, Hipster Repellent, your yeah. Kentucky Common and... Yeah. Our seasonals.
2: Yeah. So, uh, you know, the pale ale in 2010, a year and a half or two later, uh, which has gone out with a bang, you know, our Mm -hmm. sarcastically nicknamed IPA hipster (laughs) hipster repellent, you know, it gets a chuckle anywhere you put it and, and it's a damn good beer too. Um, so really, really done well for us as well. And, um, You know, we get calls and emails all the time from folks in other states saying, where can I get hipster? You know, the name doesn't hurt, of course, and a lot of it is marketing, but it's a great beer as well. Um, And then the uh, Kentucky Common. Mm -hmm. I love to talk about that beer more. It's it's a really unique style. It has a lot of history, just like the brand has history. Kentucky Common has its own history, too. Um, There's actually only three truly American beer styles in the U.S., Mm -hmm. One is the California Common, so when you've heard of Anchor Steam, out of California, out of San Francisco, uh, from Anchor Brewing Company. There's the Kentucky Common out of Louisville. This Mm -hmm. was a this was a type of beer born in Louisville, and then there's the Cream Ale out of Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those three styles are truly American beer styles. Everything else was completely indigenous to America. That's right. Everything else was a foreign produced beer. Um, so we loved that history. you know. It kind of played into our whole historical vibe, and but it's going to be new again. And we look, kind of looked around the marketplace, and nobody was really putting out a Kentucky Common on a wide footprint. We were like, man, mm-hmm. hey, we're from Louisville. We are craft beer now. Let's do this. And um, it's not this big, bold, you know, bolstering beer that people are going to go nuts about, but, but it's a style that everybody can beer, appreciate. Yeah. So uh, and it's got the heck of a
0: history behind it. It does and, and to my knowledge as well, the, the history somehow the, the, the recipe of the history has been convoluted across different types of breweries throughout throughout the last couple of decades at least. And mm-hmm. you know yeah. some, some breweries claim that have the real recipe and others put their own spin on the recipe. It's, it's really just a fascinating beer because there's so much you know not controversy because it's not that big of a deal, but yeah, you could use controversy. I mean, a lot of
2: people brew it as a sour yep and um, we looked into the history history books of uh, you know Louisville breweries and, and the regional breweries that were brewing Kentucky Commons back mm-hmm. then, back in the day and what we kept finding was that you know these, these books were saying that like 75 or 80 percent of the population were drinking this Kentucky common. And you just put two and two together and common sense think of it and you go, would 80% of a beer drinking population can be consuming sour beers on the right now? They don't right now. It's like 1%. So, um, so we were like, you know, we're going to put our, our, we piece together pieces of history from this book and that book and ingredients from this and there. And, and, um, and this is the one we came out with and we feel that it's right. And if somebody else down the road thinks it's different, that's good. That's fine with us That's too. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so let, let's talk about the, uh, the brewery itself. Um, how, what, what are your sales like in, in Louisville? And I guess rather, how much is it actually brewed in here in Louisville?
2: Yeah. So right now in Louisville, we, are, uh, we have a seven barrel brew house. Um, so we produce a lot of um, our one-off kind of our, you know, more unique styles here in Louisville. We mm-hmm. create all of our ingredients here and we create all of our beers here. And uh, that accounts for about five percent of our production, five six percent of our production. Um, part of the business plan of the guy who brought Fall City back, David, was you know he's going to outsource production until he grew his sales up. Which, if you look at a lot of different breweries across the U.S., they've used that same model. Sure. It's somewhat looked down upon by your peers in the brewing industry. You know, you like to hear the good old story of somebody who started in their garage and grew it from there, but. Um, it's expensive. Sometimes you just need capital. That's right. That's right. It's an expensive game to play, and and um, uh, a lot of breweries started the contract brewing model and have grown their sales up. See if it's a you know a sufficient model and a, a brand that the public will take.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: We did that. We just made an announcement that we're going to be bringing all the all the production that we currently outsource. So let's say the extra ninety five percent. Right. Right. <laughs> Quite a uh, bit, yeah, yeah. Uh, bringing all that back to Louisville, which we're super pumped about. Yeah. That
0: that that's a big that's a big move.
2: Yeah, it's it's to be able to say it's finally all the all the Fall City production is back where the brand was born was just an incredibly you know liberating moment for our team here, Fall City. Yeah.
0: So as far as the, uh, the, the new production yeah. uh, brewery here in Louisville, what do you, what do you plan on operating op at, uh, operating with?
2: Yep, so we're currently on this little 7-barrel system now. We're going to ramp that up to a 30-barrel, um, and we anticipate more variety uh, off that system as well. We, we found a way that um, you know, the market seeks new, new, new. What's new? What's hip? What's cool? So um, when, we, when we have more control over our production, when that new brewery gets built we'll be putting out more variety and um, so 30 barrel brew house uh, I think the plan right now is the capacity for up to 10,000 barrels a year Uh, once we hit that milestone we will uh, you know add on add add fermenters and brights and Mm -hmm. and what what we need to do to uh, scale up to the next level so whatever that next level is 20,000 30,000 whatever
0: where are you currently uh, distributing
2: we can. Uh, we currently distribute in Kentucky, Indiana, and Tennessee.
0: Do you have any plans to go into other states? We
2: don't. You know where our footprint is right now. We're pretty deep. Mm-hmm. So some people's model is to be in a whole lot of places. It would be kind of peppered around. When we are somewhere, the population generally knows that we're there. Not mm-hmm. like waving the big fall city flag around right now but we try to be in less places and a little bit deeper Um, and so I would say the plan would be to grow you know we're going to grow across state lines again but it just needs to make strategic sense for us we'd we'd rather not be in another state just to be in another state and sell 10 cases a week there right this is not worth it so um, yeah the short answer is yeah we'll grow strategically sure yeah
0: So besides the uh, the big move back to Louisville, yeah. what what else? What other type of uh, challenges do you anticipate seeing in the next year or two? This is as competitive of a market as
2: it's ever been. Um, there are, I don't know the latest number is right now, but five six thousand breweries in America right mm-hmm. now. Um, now that also counts brew pubs that are they brew their beer for their own four walls right. there. But you go into any liquor store right now and you see hundreds sometimes of hundreds of options that you can choose from whereas you know 15 years ago you were seeing like 10 options that you could choose from so it's made the industry you know you got to find ways to get your beer out there and and differentiate and you know be better than the next guy and i i stand by the fact that yes it's you know it's friendly competition you know we're friends with some of our local players here and we all tend to know each other but daggone it they are our (laughs) competition you know and it's like um, it's a good thing but too much of that can create a bubble Mm -hmm. and I I don't know is the is the craft brewing world in a bit of a bubble right now i tend to lean towards a yes mm-hmm. so um that's a big hurdle is just you know when you go want to expand across state lines and the distributor says your products are great your, your quality is great branding's great but we just had 10 breweries open up last year mm-hmm. in this city alone you're <laughs> like okay you know so they're hesitant uh, unless you're yingling or whoever right, yeah is. And, it, you know, for us, we've had a few distributors that want to take on our stuff and they give us a planned uh, sales, you know, her- runway of X amount. We're like, that's just not gonna- it's not enough for us to strategically move into that state yet. Mm-hmm. So there are these hurdles, um, you know, there's quality control just like any other brewery has. But more realistically, its it's the competition. It's real and it's as real as it's ever been right now
0: so uh fall city has a sister company 502 winery right yeah
2: old 502 Winery. so
0: there's obviously a relationship there but as far as the products itself is there any sort of relationship that can be done as far as you know marketing or or anything like that that you try to focus on
2: uh between the two companies between the two companies yeah so we we're gonna do and have done a um (laughs) we like just like a lot of breweries bring in bourbon barrels and age things Mm -hmm. uh but a lot of other breweries don't have the unique capability to do a beer uh aged in a bourbon barrel that it's wine has also aged in okay (laughs) so so like wine barrel aged bourbon Bourbon barrel barrel aged you know whatever so it's um (laughs) it's fun for us to play to that a little bit but um yeah there's always unique things we can do because old 502 winery kind of stands as like the anti-winery right? mm-hmm. they try and they're a little eclectic in their marketing they make a bourbon barrel red wine that's we can really have a lot of fun with with some of what we do so yeah there's plenty to play off of there for sure
0: excellent yeah so yeah hey, there's some there's some lunch in front of us let's get to eating that here in, in a second but is there anything else that you'd like people to know about um got some new products coming
2: out <clears throat> um We have a warm weather seasonal right now. It's going to run from, like, right now, let's call it, like, April 1st-ish to uh, August or September, as long as it tends to be warm outside. Uh, It's called Calliope. So Calliope is an old music style that they used to play on steamboats seeing as we are in louisville where the belle of louisville is we love the whole steamboat thing you know fall city is the official craft beer the kentucky derby festival right um so you know we really liken to that aspect of you know it's got the river right there in front of the city there's this iconic steamboat and calliope you know it's it's a great it's a hoppy pilsner um just we think it's just gonna be a crushable beer we think we're pretty pumped about it and Excellent. that gets released now
0: now all yeah. right yeah. <laughs> all right Shane I appreciate your time I appreciate your uh, you having me here today absolutely man thank you for coming thank you take all care right.
2: yeah.